Hello and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall-style podcast about WordPress, business and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plug-in author and works for Delicious Brains. And Jack runs better notifications for WP and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. This episode is sponsored by Fastspring, the full-service e-commerce solution that enables software companies to sell more, stay lean, and compete big. Find out more on fastspring.com. Oh, welcome to another episode of Pressing Matters. Uh, it's good to be talking again, Jack. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Yeah, I uh, had a, a busy but productive week, which is nice. Um, I've just been working on my, my new plugin this week, all of this week, actually, um, in amongst sort of, well, a little bit of client support. But it's been a good week. I feel like it's been the first week back for a few weeks, you know, now that the schools are back and all that sort of stuff, that I've really gotten into a good structure a good you know schedule of, of stuff really a good flow so yeah i feel like i had a very productive week how about yourself yeah, yeah same although i hate to break it to you it's a week away and then it's half term so the schedule goes out the window again the kids are off and... i know i know yeah. i've been working out what we're going to do for halloween because we're not going to go around with you know like door to door or anything obviously socially so, distanced um, we're trying to work yeah. Yeah, the idea that we came up with is instead of doing like an Easter egg hunt in the garden, we would do like a Halloween chocolate hunt in the garden. So, um, yeah, nice. I think that's going to be quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. No, other than that, I'm okay. I am um, I feel like I've had quite a productive week and sort of pushing out a few fixed release of plugins and I'm finally getting around to, like I've had three WP user manager add-ons in the works, like new ones to be released. And I find, find, finally got round to actually like polishing them off uh, and now getting them ready, working on the marketing site to add them and change the pricing a little bit. So like that that would be such a nice point to get to and then just be done with it. And then I can sort of move back onto other things like plug in rank or integrate. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. just finding those evenings where I'm actually feel like I can do a little bit more work rather than just put the laptop down and sort of sink into the sofa. But yeah, yeah, nice. It's cool. yeah. The plugin, the plugin development world, just it just never stops, does it? You just c- got to keep going, and you've got to keep fixing bugs, and got to keep doing new features, and yeah. It's, mm-hmm. As soon as you, I think, oh, it's been quite a nice quiet, like like support's been quiet or something. Then there's like five tickets, and all with like major, not issues, but things you have to address. And you're like, oh, okay, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it comes at you again. Talking of plugin yeah. development, we've got um, we've got another guest this week, which is uh, really good. We ha- uh, welcome Leslie Sim to the podcast. Hello. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for coming on. Hey, good to be here. Um, I will let you. Yeah, good. I'm glad you've you've come on because um, from what you're doing, and I'll let you explain that in a sec. But you know, you've got nice crossover with what Jack and I are doing. Um, so you're a plugin person, but I'll let you. I'll let you sort of do your intro. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm Leslie, live in Singapore. Um, my background is actually in marketing and advertising. So I've done that um, in various forms uh, for the past 10 years. And late last year, I decided to have a go at making a WordPress product. Uh, and I got um, connected with Ahmed, my co-founder, via Indie Hackers, um, as these things go. 
and we started working on um, a plugin that later became Newsletter Glue. Uh, so Newsletter Glue is a plugin that connects your email service provider, so uh, Mailchimp, MailerLite, um, SendinBlue, and Campaign Monitor are the four that we have right now. Um, so it connects those email service providers to WordPress, and it lets you um, write your emails or yeah, so it lets you write an email inside WordPress using the WordPress editor and then send it out um, with your email service provider. Uh, and the nice thing about it is that, that this lets you, for example, if you've already written a blog post and you want to send that entire blog post out to your subscribers, uh, you can now do that in a, with a click rather than having to kind of fiddle around and copy and paste that blog post into, your, uh, into MailChimp, for example, and send it out that way. Uh, so yeah, that's what I do. Nice. Um, interestingly, you, um, did you come up, or did you start the idea and come up with the idea and then look for, you know, the the technical co-founder, or did you kind of come together and then think of the idea? Um, so our story is kind of twisty and turny. Um, so we met on Indie Hackers, but at that point, um, Ahmed had been working on a different plugin. So he was working on a membership plugin. Um, and he'd spent, he'd done like the typical uh, plugin developer thing of, you know, head down for the past seven months, building it, um, and then trying to market it and <laughs> realizing, oh, this is actually the difficult part. Um, and so we teamed up and I tried to do the marketing thing. Um, and we both found it uh, quite difficult to get traction. Um, and so what we, so, so we were actually like thinking of closing it down earlier this year. Um, and the only part about the plugin that made me sad uh, was this kind of add-on that we had created to the main plugin um, that, well, let me connect to MailChimp and send out my emails from the WordPress editor. And I was like, cause I was actually using that, that part of the plugin for my own newsletter. And I was sad that if we would shut down the plugin, then that little feature would go. Um, mm. And then that got me thinking, you know, like if I like that feature that much, maybe other people would too. And so we decided to pivot and mm. spin that little feature off into uh, what we now have um, as newsletter glue. Ah, that's nice. so interesting. And that happens quite a bit, doesn't it, in sort of product software cool. world where something's just not working, but from that the ashes, you can just pull out a small thing and turn it into an even more successful kind of um, product in itself. Even though I'm struggling to think of examples, I know that's happening. That does happen all the time. Very cool. Yeah, so um, if you guys are familiar with with Notion, I think they actually started as a web builder way back when, and then I think that didn't work out, and then they turned it into this to-do list, uh, at which they are now no known for. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense based on, you know, they're essentially like little web pages that you're building for all of your notes and everything. It's all like markdown and emojis and everything. So yeah, it it, it it's funny, I didn't know that, but now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense when using Notion. And that, that sort of idea behind you, when you go in, you have to create a page 
um, for, for which is essentially a note and everything. So yeah, no, that's interesting. That's really interesting. I, I'm curious actually. Um, it was really interesting actually hearing about how you span it off from you know the, this kind of membership thing. Um, and I'm curious when you create your newsletter. You said you do it in the editor. Is this in? How is that done? Is that in the classic editor or is it in the block editor? Uh, block editor. Oh, brilliant. So it's like brand new stuff then. Have you done anything with the classic editor at all or did you literally just start from the block editor? Uh, we actually just started with the block editor, which I think gives us a leg up in some senses in comparison yeah. to some of the existing plugins. Definitely, yeah. Oh, that's great. So talk us through the plugin itself then. So it's called Newsletter Glue and you have your you write a blog post in uh, the block editor or Gutenberg and your how is that then sent through from that to your mailing list provider like MailChimp? Uh, so one of the things that we wanted to do was make it as simple as possible. So um, essentially you just need to check a box that says send us newsletter and then when you hit publish so when you publish the post then two things happen so one you publish the blog post and two your email campaign gets sent out mm -hmm. um, yeah so it's as simple as that oh nice okay. so presumably yeah. there's some wrangling along the way between the WordPress post and yeah. say MailChimp to kind of format it in an email friendly um, fashion with you know HTML emails are horrible aren't they historically I don't know how how good they are now um, in support still bad still bad yeah so I yeah. guess that's where the, the <laughs> magic happens with with you with your plugin yeah and um, so another thing that people seem to like is that we also pull in the segments and lists um, from the email service. So if you've got, you know, your newsletter segment versus your, I don't know, people who've opted in to get updates on t-shirts or something, then you can s make sure that you s you're sending your email to the right segment. Um, nice. Yeah. And I guess when it comes to HTML, actually that has been a little bit of an up it's been a little tricky so the people who are super savvy then they're like yeah I totally got it you know um, some HTML stuff works in email and some doesn't so you know we just format our blog post to be email friendly um, and then others I have to kind of walk them through it a little bit more and explain why some things that they expect to show up aren't showing up uh, and explain why it's out of my hands and it's not the problem of the plugin mm. Yeah, I guess that's always that an things educational like issue. Embeds and, yeah. Sorry, and yeah, no, I was just going to say, is that things like embeds and, um, you know, like Twitter cards and things like that, are they things that don't appear particularly well, but they will appear in a WordPress post? Yeah. So that's, yeah. Um, that's stuff that we've kind of been solving and figuring out. So uh, essentially the, the best way that we've thought to deal with that is creating our own blocks. Um, so... Right now, Newsletter Glue is a free plugin, um, and then the paid version of it will just include a whole bunch of blocks that lets you do the Twitter embeds, uh, the Instagram embeds, uh, social sharing, um, forms, and all of that sort of thing. 
Okay. So, and is that something uh, that... Sorry? Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, is that something that kind of runs alongside? So you might have, say, a regular Twitter card block, and then you, underneath you might have, say, your block, which wouldn't necessarily appear in the post, but it would appear in the newsletter, like that one gets pulled through. How does that, how does that work? Um, I guess it depends on what people like to do. So you could, in theory, do both, like you're mentioning. Um, but I assume people would also just do one. So like they might just choose uh, my t Twitter embed blog and use that for both their blog post and their newsletter. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah. So one, one feature we've added is like a show hide thingy. So you can show the blog in your email and hide it in your blog or vice versa. And so that solves a lot of the, you know, do I use this? Do I use that? What do I do if something's not showing up properly and stuff like that? Nice. Um, I had a question um, about the, the way I see a lot of people, especially in the WordPress space, doing their marketing when they actually send out a blog post to their to their list. Um, it's it's very much the case of that the email is is formatted in a like hi, this week we talk about this on our blog and blah 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 and just like a couple of paragraphs and then there's basically a big call to action that links to the blog post because I guess they want to drive traffic to the site rather than giving away all of the goodness content in the email. Does, it, does the plugin handle those kind of, those situations on, and allow you to control, do you send a full email? Do you send like a, an excerpt with a call to action? Um, I guess that case you could. Okay, so the way I would handle it, which might not be the way other people, like I'm sure lots of people will come up with their own super creative ways of dealing with this. Um, but for me, what I would do is just create two different blog posts. So one is the full blog post and then the other, which I would categorize under newsletter, for example, would, you know, just take a snippet of the old blog post and, you know, do, do all the things that you just mentioned. So I just recreate the newsletter, but inside the, um, WordPress editor, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the nice kind of upside of that is that you get an archive, like a natural newsletter archive, because it's your a blog, a blog archive. Uh, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so you people can sort of view what you would have sent previously in a um, if they've not joined the list, they get a flavour of what's been sent, and then yeah, that's that, that's a good point. And then you can use the category of newsletter or whatever to to show it differently or not show it on your main blog page or whatnot yeah ah, nice yeah that makes a lot of sense nice. yeah it sounds good so at the moment you're connecting with mailchimp what was it mailchimp campaign monitor and there was one or two others mailer light and send in blue yeah so how have you found the linking between those services has it more or less been the same or has one's been easier than the others um mailchimp has been by far the easiest mm -hmm. their their api is super mature i guess they've got the longest time to work on it um mm. so you know as much as everyone hates on their user interface and stuff like that um i feel like their technology like their you know the the backend stuff is just it's so nice. It's so easy to work with. There's like a, a million and one endpoints. Uh, so that's been great. Uh, the rest have been 
okay in different ways. So every every um the three others have all been decent and have like their individual quirks. Um but yeah, so far so far it's been fine I guess. I can't say it's been, you know, a walk in the park because integrating things is always a little bit tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's been good. So so the plugin is is a free plugin currently on WordPress.org. Um and from the looks of your readme you've you've got a premium version um underway or you know in progress how's that going to look like what in terms of the business model is it going to be add-ons is it just going to be a, a plain pro version uh to be honest we haven't super decided the first version is just going to be um add-ons so that's so the thing that we're building right now actually is um a bunch of blocks, so a bunch of custom newsletter blocks, and people can just buy that and you know supercharge their newsletter writing, I guess, in WordPress. Um, and then the bigger picture or the lo- longer term goal is to create content restriction and me- membership stuff as part of newsletter. So you kind of get that whole Substack ghost membership thing going on. Um, with the newsletter glue. So it'd be memberships, but focus, you know, like on the newsletter writing niche. Mm. So, so you're almost flipped um, membership hero and newsletter glue on its head. And newsletter glue is the, that's the newsletter part of it, it's the main. And then it's got membership features rather than it's a membership plugin with email features. Yeah. Nice. I think some somewhere down the line, not too long ago, probably like a month ago, I kind of realized that um, it might be easier to position the plugins based on the niches and how people identify rather than position them based on features. So what I yeah. mean by that is um, if I was a newsletter writer, then I would use you know this all-in-one newsletter plugin that lets you do all the things rather than hunt down okay i guess i need this feature so let me go look for the you know content restriction feature okay now i need you know this other like feature that lets me accept paid paid stuff so let me hunt down this thing and um, i think that's good if you're in the wordpress space um but if you're kind of out of wordpress just trying to you know go about your life creating a wordpress site then doing that might be a lot harder mm. uh, so and I think because you've you're coming at it from a marketing background, and that's that's your your key your skill set. That's the the strength that you have because you've identified that, and that's the way you're now marketing it. And like even just reading your readme, you've kind of you've nailed what we as developers who are plugin owners trying to aspire to sort of create in copy that is telling a user what problems they have and how you can solve it rather than this is the features that I coded yesterday like you know it's the classic I'm a developer building something to do something rather than what solution it it, it gives to users um so yeah I'm I'm jealous of your uh, your setup where you've kind of got the marketing power and the development power at the same time like it must be quite cool to not be a solo founder I guess on the pro- on the product yeah, I mean, to be honest, I've had to the thing the thing that I realized quite quickly is that 
everything I know about marketing and advertising for large brands is completely irrelevant to doing something like a WordPress plugin. So a lot of the things that I've learned um, all come from the typical books that are kind of popular in the bootstrapper, um, WordPress developer, indie hacker circles anyway, like um, you know April, April Dunford's obviously awesome, um, Rob Fitzpatrick's The Mom Test. So I applied a lot of those principles into the way that I've written and approached uh, marketing for the plugin rather than the more traditional kind of thing, which would be, you know, here's our grand marketing campaign and we're going to spend a million dollars. These are the marketing channels that we're going to spend the million dollars on, uh, which is just super different. Yeah. It, although it's interesting you speak about marketing channels, like what what is the channels that you're focusing on for this for the WordPress plugin? Because as you say, it's a, it's a different kettle of fish when it comes to WordPress plugins. Uh, I've kind of been taking it as it goes, really. So I've just been on Twitter a lot. Um, so Jack, before this, you followed me on, before the podcast started, you followed me on Twitter and I like followed you back immediately uh, just because yeah. I've kind of been on there all the time um, these days. So I've, so the Twitter things helped a lot, I think. Um, being on podcasts, being on Slack, uh, Slack channels like Post Status, um, their Slack group has helped a lot. Uh, yeah, so I've I've just kind of been doing like the groundwork. Um, I feel like marketing channels will really come into play once the plugin itself is a little bit more mature, and you know I've figured out what people really want and stuff like that. So, um, I suspect that stuff comes later for me and right now I'm just kind of latching on to whoever will have me really yeah so you're listening rather than talking in a way when it comes to the marketing side of things yeah yeah I'm doing a similar thing with my plugin at the moment actually which I sort of mentioned to Ian although didn't put it in those kinds of words um you know that, that succinctly um, listening and not talking about your thing that's that's a good way of putting it I think yeah um, I really like how the um, it kind of works from an editorial perspective so you might you know you might have someone that will do you know the, the groundwork of a, an article and then you might have someone that writes an article and then you might have another person go in afterwards who might adjust that article you know with the various features of your plugin to then send it as you know like a marketer or someone in WordPress who then will have that send out you know as a as a mailing list um you know send it out via mailchimp or something so i really like that there's this consistent flow and it's all taken care of within the wordpress admin as opposed to marketer lives in marketer land which is you know these separate tools usually like SaaS products that have nothing to do with wordpress or you know they don't have any particular um understanding or kind of involvement with the wordpress admin they might just do it via MailChimp or they might live in Twitter or whatever but I really like that connection that you've got between the two and it allows them to kind of exist in the same kind of well in the WordPress admin like the rest of the people that might work on the site so it feels like there's a bit more I don't know uniformity cohesion between sort of team members and things I can't remember there's a plugin actually that it's really really good for like planning out content and um, it's got like a content calendar and all that sort of thing do, do you know what I mean it's, I can't think what the plugin is Ian do you know the one I mean I can't, the is name a, escapes it, me all of a sudden. Is it a published press one? Published press? 
Uh, yeah, it could be something like that. But it's like this really good like kind of editorial calendar for like these are the things we're going to do. It allows you to plan out things, see it on a calendar, see it a bit more visually. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to do a post about stuff around Halloween or Black Friday or whatever, Cyber, Cyber Monday, that kind of thing. And it yeah. feels like from a, you know, from a from a editorial, you know, you flow that Leslie's plugin would work really well with something like that because you know everyone's kind of just just there. They're in the WordPress app. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. My not so fancy mechanical keyboard's not working, so I can't Google and find out what. I, I think about. it's published press because that's got a calendar and it's got kind of the overview of content and yeah yeah it could well be yeah as an aside actually I came across some um, published press because they do a, a small like feature plugin called co-authors uh, or multiple authors or something like that and it allows you to obviously assign multiple authors to a single post um, if more than one person wrote it. So I was sort of testing that with a few things this week. Um, but yeah, no, their, their offering looked really interesting. Um, Leslie, I'm curious. So uh, something that you mentioned, uh, I'm not sure if it's on your readme or on your website about um, RSS. So I, I like, I know previously I've used uh, the RSS to newsletter feature within MailChimp. And I'm not sure if MailerLite, SendInBlue or Campaign Monitor offer those as well but I'm curious to I mean I mean obviously you get more control using your plugin um, but I'm curious to know why you would recommend using your plugin over something like their standard simple sort of RSS to newsletter feature um, so I think that Okay, so I've I've tried to set up my um my newsletter with RSS back when I was mm. like, you know, oh we're gonna shut the thing down. So I had better go try setting up my newsletter with RSS. Um and I found it really difficult. Mm -hmm. It's not that easy to set up, you know, the RSS feed. And I also didn't like the lack of control. So, you know, typically when someone um, writes a blog post and they publish it and then they go oh crap I've made a typo or something and then I want to go back and change it and all of that and then you're never really sure which I guess it's the first version that gets sent off by RSS or something um, but you don't really mm. know what actually gets sent off and if you've scheduled your RSS uh, campaign to get sent off the next day then you have to wait a day to see if you know what happened and whether it was all set up right um, so that those were the bits that kind of didn't like I didn't like about RSS campaigns um, and I'm coming from someone who um, I'm coming from a place of someone who actually tried to set it up uh, so that's the first thing then the second thing is as you mentioned just the additional features that you get um, when writing the newsletter in WordPress with uh, my plugin so you know the ability to show and hide certain blocks and content I think is pretty useful um, and things like that I guess so yeah mm -hmm. nice yeah I suppose then you don't get that control over those particular blocks you just get it just gets sent whatever so some of it might appear broken like you say and you're trying to kind of fix that from within WordPress which is 
which is great. Um, I'm curious, actually, um, you said there was like kind of a tick box to like send this out, you know, using your plugin. Can you do that with old posts? So, you know, say you want to, you know, uh, push out um, a newsletter for a bit of content you wrote, say, two years ago. Can you go back to that post and tick that box and press update or something and it will send it out? Yep. So that's exactly how it works. Uh, you can check a box and then click update and that gets sent out as well. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, that's great for, yeah, keeping things uh, fresh and, you know, if you haven't written anything new lately or something, that's really useful, yeah. Is there any kind of automated features around that or do those those kind of things exist within MailChimp? I'm, I'm asking because I, I actually don't know. Like, so say you wanted to send out newsletters about old content, like I just said, but you don't want to have to go in and manually tick the box or anything like that. Can you set up a schedule or is that something you would normally do in say MailChimp where it would say, oh, this campaign was sent out, you know, six months ago, resend it out now. Um, and you can set up a schedule for that. It might be a gen more general marketing question that rather than a feature of your plugin, I guess. Um, we don't have that. It's definitely something that we've thought about. Um, the problem with the automation stuff is with WordPress cron. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure how familiar you guys are with with it. Reasonably how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How bad? Reasonably on how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's just super stressful if they think that they are signing up to automate it such that it sends you know every week at five p.m. and then it doesn't get sent and then how do I explain all of that stuff to a non-technical user? Um, so that's mm. something that we've been a little bit hesitant about tackling. Um, mm -hmm. Having said that, the if you schedule a post, you know, if you just like schedule a post normally, then our um, the newsletter kind of follows that schedule. So if, if you hit publish, but as a scheduled post, then it gets the newsletter gets sent out whenever you've scheduled it. So it's not really automated, but it's what we have for now, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. That was going to be my next question, actually, because that runs from the cron as well. But so it feels yeah. like shorter term things work quite well, but longer term kind of cron schedules seem to sort of fail a bit, at least in my experience. But um, yeah, no, that's really interesting. That's, that's really good. It's interesting you talk about the cron stuff because we we battle with that a lot with our plugins and the plugins for the company that I do most of my work for. Um, but I just had a thought, if you end up adding that kind of like scheduled or schedule functionality to your plugin i guess that could it could almost be a premium offering and then you could if they have activated their site depending on what obviously what um system you use for like licensing like edd or something you'll have the their uh, url and you could actually just ping their site pin ping the wp cron php file from their site on a on a, a proper cron schedule on the server on your server so it it actually imitates a proper cron and then they have like you know that schedule functionality will, should be bulletproof as long as the cron's not kind of been disabled or something with a constant um but yeah cr cron in wordpress is just the worst thing ever because it's not it's not a true schedule is it it's like yeah depends on how often your site gets hit and ugh. Not good. Yeah. yeah, I've got a whole page on better notifications documentation about how to fix the cron and get it to do what you want it to do, or you know, 
poke it with a service or something or the quickest way actually is with just like an uptime monitor of some description that mm -hmm. usually works quite well just to it doesn't matter what it is it just has to hit your site doesn't it um, yeah yeah but it's so rubbish thing. to have but, yeah. to tell users that isn't it just to say yeah okay you've, we've got this great functionality but you're gonna have to go and sign up to another service you're gonna have to it might be free but it's still a pain you're gonna have to like you're talking technical with a non-technical person it just doesn't it's not a very great experience for the um for, for setting it up and actually I did have another right. question for you and I've since forgotten it but I've also thought of another one it and it is down to like how are you going to sell the the premium add-ons the pro you know how that happens have you because I saw on Twitter you were talking about uh, ways of doing it and I think you looked at freemius and obviously we you know easy digital downloads seems to be the de facto way of plugin authors selling their plugins and we both use it but as the more I use it, the more I think there could be something better. Like, wh what's what's happened in your um, research for that? Um, so, I don't know if I spent too much or too little time on this. It seems like some people have spent a year trying to figure this out. I mean, passively, of course, but yeah. still. Uh, what I've landed on is AppSero, A-P-P-S-E-R-O, um, and Pedal. So joining the two together, um, I kind of did a moderately nerdy Google spreadsheet looking at the costs. So like as the number of licenses and um, revenue goes up, what are the implications for the cost? Because I think pedal, so pedal is percentage and AppSero might be tiered pricing. And then, so how does that compare, you know, in absolute terms to EDD, uh, which is, I think like maxes out at $400 a year or something like that for the, their whole package. Um, because people like to, you know, go on about how um, some of these payment providers are, um, take, a, take a cut, like a percentage cut. And, you know, they on principle don't like that. But, you know, in practice, how much of a difference does that actually come up to, right? Because uh, mm. that's you know what matters at the end of the day, um, and the difference really isn't that big. So I think at the beginning it's like negligible. I think one percent or even less is the difference between the AppSero plus Pedal combination versus EDD plus Stripe combination. And then um, if I go to two hundred thousand dollars MRR a month, which is already you know beyond my wildest dreams at this point. Um, then the difference goes to 1.7% uh, difference. Yeah, so um, I'll be paying AppSero plus Pedal 1.7% more than I will be paying EDD plus Stripe. And so like, you know, that's not, not that much. I mean, it's $10,000, I think, if I was making $200,000 MMR, which, you know, if I get to there, then I'll, you know, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah, uh, I mean... Yeah, MRR. I mean, that's that would be that'd be yeah, amazing. exactly right. So, yeah, um, you know, I'll be like rolling around in my bathtub full of cash. Here, here's the ten thousand dollars. Zero. I don't care. It's paddle because um, I've I haven't looked into paddle too much, but I've heard about it a lot recently. Is paddle? Um, is it like the merchant of records? So does it handle yeah. all the taxation? It's a, it's fast spring, um, a, a, a kind of fast spring competitor. Yeah, sorry, Fastspring. I know, I know they are kind of long-time sponsors no, of this <laughs> podcast. No, that's totally fine. 
we are open to discuss everything so that's fine yeah uh, but but because that's a big thing though isn't it because yeah. you if you if you're comparing percentages difference in in how much it's going to affect your bottom line in in paying paddle or paying stripe and paying edd but actually you have to factor in all of the other logistical issues that if you because we do this we run edd we run a vat plug-in to take VAT from UK customers and EU customers, which is a massive headache, and we have to obviously report that from our companies. But if you're using Paddle or Fastspring, you don't, because they are the the merchant of record. They're liable for the tax. They just pay you your commission effectively. So to not have that is probably worth the difference in like probably worth more than that. So yeah, it's something. I guess it's nice to be able to start from scratch and and really just think what is the best thing for the business right now rather than like going with whatever everybody seems to do and then kind of get stuck when tax changes and th there's a massive like um hassle of regulatory stuff that you have to follow but yeah which i'm, I'm just jealous of your clean slate position <laughs> at this point in time yeah i mean that, yeah. that was something i looked at like you know by the time i'm paying i'm lose, losing out on three thousand dollars worth of revenue um you know giving it away to pedal is that for example worth it to me in comparison to having to maybe hire someone to deal with you know hire an accountant to deal with this monthly um so like at what number of licenses would i be comfortable or like what amount of revenue would i be comfortable do i hire someone or do i or is pedal just going to deal deal with all of that for me um so yeah i think for now at least i mean you know 12 months later, I might be super regretting my decision, but I guess we'll see. No, it's it's no, it's interesting. I, I'm sure you'll be fine. And uh, to be honest with you, it's it's really interesting to hear about what people are doing outside of, you know, EDD or WooCommerce and that there are other options these days as well, because it wasn't so long ago where, you know, EDD was one of the only things that did that. And, you know, then, you know, WooCommerce obviously do their digital products as well. And they've got, you know, similar kind of offerings as well. But the fact that other <clears throat> other services exist that take an interest in the WordPress space or they make it easy because they have an API that you can connect to and, you know, it's easier to work with with WordPress now. Um, that's really interesting. And it'd be really interesting to see where all that goes in the next few years as well. And at the same time, I, find, I always find it really strange when people, you know, um, worry too much about, you know, like, oh, Stripe takes however much percentage you know off of each sale and then paypal you know they would take a different percentage and i'll go for the one that's cheaper but it's a cost of doing business isn't it i mean you know ultimately if you took cash you'd have to take that cash and either you know pay it into the bank or if you took checks you'd have to pay those checks into the bank there's a cost of your time to do those things and then we move that online it's all you know more streamlined more seamless but someone's got to do the legwork somewhere and that's that's where these percentages come in and i always think arguing kind of you know the toss over the smallest amounts of percentage um is it, it's often it, it's often a little bit futile because you just want the service that's going to give you the the most for your sort of money and it sounds like you've got a really good solution um going there um you know we just because it's digital doesn't mean we can have 100 percent of the money that we make it's just not possible and it and it wouldn't be possible if you were in a you know a shop or in a physical environment or you know you had a market stall it doesn't matter how and where you do it it's just a cost of doing business so um yeah just find the right solution for you i guess is is just all you can all you can do 
Um, but no, it sounds really interesting. And it'd be interesting to know how you get on with um, with with your solution, um, you know, further down the line when you've got like more sales and you've got the pro aspects in and all that sort of stuff. It'd be really interesting to have you back on and, and chat to you about about what's how you found it and if you would do it differently and all that sort of stuff. So that'd be that'd be good. Um, I know that you're sort of winding it down, but you've got this other plugin member hero where you said you know, obviously you spun off one from the other. Um, why I, can I just ask why why you decided to wind it down? Um, I'm just having a look on on like say WordPress dot uh, org and I see it was released maybe in March. Um, if you look so at the numbers, you'll Mar see why we, we are winding it down. <laughs> so there's yeah, so there's not not a huge amount of active like installs and stuff. But um, is it just because of like um, numbers, like number of downloads, number of people? You know, you, you have to spend a lot of time on it. You know. Yeah, um, pretty much that. Really, we we launched it earlier than Newsletter Glue, and we've worked on it a lot longer than Newsletter Glue. Um, but I think the membership. I mean, Ian, you've got a membership plugin, right? Like the. Yeah, I'm so I'm glad to hear you're shutting it down, and I've lost a competitor. That's I'm really happy. No. Ian. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I, I can't totally say I'm a, I'm a competitor at all. Um, but so so yeah, it's a super competitive niche, and I've always found it hard to figure out how to talk to people about the plugin because it you know the whole membership thing you can do a thousand different things for a thousand different people and they're all using it for different you know in different ways and so the only way really that you can get customers is by doing it b2b so like becoming the membership plugin of preference for a developer or for an agency and then that's the one they always use um i think at least and i think mm. that's difficult when there are already so many great ones um so that's why i feel like adding the membership stuff into the newsletter thing becomes much easier to talk about because you know it's easy to go hunt down a bunch of newsletter folks and talk to them about my plugin that you know oh you guys were using substack previously why don't you come on uh, wordpress and you can own your own domain and stuff like that um, that's a much easier conversation than trying to hunt down the sports com you know sports camp and the school and the yoga teacher and try to sell them all the same plugin um so yeah that's kind of how yeah. i've been thinking about it i think it's totally yeah. right and i'm we i mean i struggle i struggled trying to um rewrite the the copy for the wp user manager marketing site because you know the plugin could as you say could be used by lots of different people lots of different um use cases companies and how do you then you can't market to everybody you, you've got to like you have to niche down um but I, f I just find that so hard because again like my other plugin it's a tool that anybody could use to kind of do three or four things so like how do you focus on a use case do you focus on four use cases instead of everything do you like I've and and because i'm not a marketer that's the stuff i struggle with because you just end up adding features and adding features but you're not really considering who is a typical user um and made harder by the fact that it could be it could be x to so many different people um so yeah it, i mean i guess now you've niched down with um newsletter glue are you finding it uh, getting easier to find the people that you would be 
um, selling to and because you're targeted you're focused on them that you can then you're getting great feedback is it is that have you found that easier to do yeah uh very much so I, I don't think i really ever found a group of people that i could sell the membership plugin to um in comparison i mean there's like one or two facebook groups but even then that's been difficult because all of them do different things inside the group mm-hmm. um but in comparison uh, with newsletter writers, I think I'm on uh, two Discord groups. I'm inside the Indie Hackers newsletter uh, group channel thingy. Um, I'm in two or three newsletter writer Facebook groups. Um, and they're all very, very specific, looking for the same type of thing. And um, I'm like super aware of the competitors because I know like people talk about what they're using um, to build this to build their own newsletter and stuff like that so like it's so much easier to keep in the loop it's so much easier to build relationships uh, and I write a newsletter myself so you know I genuinely like talking about this stuff uh, and I've built a bunch of great friendships along the way as well which I think is kind of the ideal scenario especially if you're bootstrapping and um know building something from scratch you kind of want a little community to um, work together with it's a lot less lonely i think so yeah mm-hmm. you're nice yeah i'm just curious actually <clears throat> just jumping back to member hero uh, what i wonder why you wanted to i mean obviously you know the benefit of hindsight and everything but i wonder why you started developing that anyway why did you go down the the membership like because obviously you know if you had the choice of any plugin to write why a membership plugin right um okay so this is the part that i probably should have said at the beginning uh so Ahmed uh was the original lead developer of ultimate member which is a pretty popular membership plugin um you guys might be familiar with it um yeah, yeah so so basically he wanted to build you know a similar membership plugin um, with all the learnings that he had from Ultimate Member. Um, and so he went and did that. So this was, you know, before I knew him. Um, he did he did that and he built the whole membership plugin already. And then that's when I came on board. And so I came on board later and tried to market it and found it difficult. Uh, so, so yeah, um, I, I didn't decide to build it uh, he had, you know, a whole bunch of experience in the membership space already, and it made a whole bunch of sense for him to pursue that direction. Mm. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, that's yeah, quite. That it's very interesting because Ultimate Member is uh, the, sort of the, one of the biggest players in the space when it comes to um, like free membership sites and building community websites. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that he sort of moved on from that and kind of tried to try to get into the same space um but uh, and obviously found issues when it comes to marketing and that's i think what so many people have problems with because they're just developers and i wondered from from your background and your perspective do you think there's there's almost a need for some sort of super consultant marketing person that can help multiple product businesses like it's it's probably too much for a full as a as a for one person to do but like marketing is such a um a deficit in our 
just the sort of plugin developer community that I feel like there could be more people that help more developers if you know what I mean like if you just you could just consult for three or four companies and just get a handle on their marketing and their messaging and all of that stuff um yeah so that's more of a just a, a thought that just popped in yeah I think I'm sure there are there are people who do that uh I'm gonna it's not gonna be happy but it's because I'm gonna pronounce his name wrongly but Jack um who works give me a second Jack yeah yeah so I think like he's he's been trying to do that with his consulting um help with the readmes um and the positioning and all of that stuff and yeah trying to do a site consulting business out of that uh, and I'm sure you know he's not the only one um the thing that I, I wonder about though is how much money there is to be made doing that because you know, if a plugin is having problems marketing itself um, at the ground floor, then it's likely they're not really making much money. And then how do they then go and yeah. pay a consultant to help? Yeah, so yeah, that, it's that's the part that I wonder about. Yeah. I mean, we, we had Alex Denning on from Ellipsis Marketing, which are a kind of a, a proper outfit for WordPress um, marketing and for for the for, for, for developers but of course they are you, you know you have to have the money to pay to then kind of move to the next level so yeah you're right it's it's difficult if you're just starting out and you need to grow but you don't have the skills but then you don't have you know your bootstrap in you don't have the funds um yeah it's chicken and the egg yeah i think i think yeah. one one good solution and it's something that i'm thinking about myself is to um, work with big bloggers. So, you know, in the WordPress bloggers and then kind of piggyback on their audience and help and get them to um, market your plugin for you. I think that would be a, a way to do it. Um, and then mm. I guess in the process of them helping to write the blog post and all of that, they're probably going to ask you a bunch of questions and, and then you go like, oh yeah, I never thought of it that way. And, you know, try to position your plugin a lot um, as you go so I think that might be a viable yeah. solution for that yeah it's interesting you say that though because it I don't know if you feel this but there's there's a huge um, amount of uh, almost like a blog monopoly when it comes to WordPress stuff like there's certain blogs that are just they dominate the the search results and they also only feature certain plugins that then dominate the, the posts because those plugins have uh, either you know an established reputation they have a good affiliate platform and the the content in those blog posts are heavily skewed to the plugins they want to make money from rather than helping actually give exposure to new plugins really good plugins plugins that solve pr real problems for people and not just any old um you know vanilla plugin that just has a good affiliate platform so yeah i i totally get what you're saying but i feel like there's such a it's an uphill battle changing that blog landscape uh, and finding like a decent blog that has a good following and a good um, um, sort of presence to then move away from that model that obviously makes them money to then sort of give give a leg up to smaller developers and bootstrappers. Yeah, I don't know. It's, 
it's tricky. I don't, I don't think I have a good answer to that. No. Yeah, no, I don't either. It's just a, I guess it's just a bit of a, a grumble, isn't it, that how the WordPress space is, is, is it at the moment, and it's quite, there's, there's definitely a monopoly with some blogs and, and just the, the way it works, but I guess that's just part of the, the ecosystem. Yeah. I think it's probably similar We're all over, really. You know, if you're big, you can afford to sponsor these things or sponsor posts or talk to people or, you know, be part of, uh, you know, a membership club with another person. I don't think it's necessarily any different from many other areas of life, really. It's just, you know, that that extends to WordPress. And I think we expect a slightly more open atmosphere within the WordPress kind of ecosystem because of its open source nature but you don't necessarily get it when you come to like all the premium stuff. So I don't know, <clears throat> like you say, it's mm. more, more of a thought. I'm just, I'm, I'm riffing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, anyway, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> anyway, Leslie, it's been, it's been lovely. It's been lovely having you on. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about or mention um, before, uh, before we head off to our various days? Uh, not really. I've had a really good time coming on here, talking to you guys. Uh, yeah, so thanks for having me on. No yeah, no, no like, bombs yeah, to no drop. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for coming on. It has been really good to talk to you. Um, where can people find you online um, if they want to chat to you and, and learn about your, your products? Um, so my personal site is leslie.pizza. And that works for a lot of things. So my Twitter is Leslie underscore pizza. Um, yeah, so I think if you type that in to your browser, you'll find something to do with me. Um, and then on the WordPress directory, if you type in newsletter glue, then you'll find our plugin. So yeah. Awesome. Nice. I feel like the pizza... Um, top level domain is a story for another time but I, lo- I like pizza too basically <laughs> I didn't know that was a TRD that's amazing yeah <laughs> there's, there's dot that's coffee so dot cool. whale I'm sorry I'm like a huge nerd about under underused TLDs because it, it's just such a good no, way to it's, yeah it's great I think yeah it's uh, someone somewhere must have said you know there were people that will lap these up in terms of what you can actually use them for, like in real life, not so sure, but I'm sure we'll sell lots of them. And Leslie, you bought one. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Brilliant. Nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So thanks again. And Jack, it's, as always, it's been good to talk to you. And I guess if anyone would like to leave a review and let us know what they thought of the conversation, any questions they got for Leslie, then uh, we're pressingmatters.fm forward slash review or drop a comment on um, the episode uh, on the on the website, or indeed just let us know on Twitter. Um, and thanks for listening. And thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. thanks.